Hey out there and welcome to another edition of I-80 Sports. This is our fantasy football uh, series uh, and this series is called uh, Fantasy Football Breakouts. We're talking about quarterbacks and tight ends today. Here today with Scott. How you doing today, buddy? Doing great. How you doing, Bob? You know, it's fantasy football season. I got one slow draft going on right now. Um, I had to write down all my, my my drafts so I can keep my my dates in check. It's it's a really exciting time of year. The cheat sheet is up, idsports.com. You can download our tiered cheat sheet. Um, it is not only from my projections, but also averaged in with ADP and from the discussions we've been having here at ID Sports during the offseason. So I'm really excited to get that content out to you and to be back here talking national football league. Um, Scott, have you been enjoying the uh, preseason matches so far? Some, not a lot. Just, uh, I've just basically cherry picked the uh, camp battles that I've been watching. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, that's kind of the safe thing to do. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot of information being out there. I think Absolutely. preseason means even less than usual, but I've been enjoying that. I've been enjoying the hard knocks so far. Another great yep. episode I'm going to be watching tonight. So yep. let's get into today's show. In today's show, we're going to be talking about quarterback um, and the tight end position, some breakouts, some players we might be staying away from at their current ADP. And the first question we're going to go with, who are quarterbacks from 13 to 24 that are most likely to finish as a top 12 quarterback in 2022 let's start off with kind of me might be the low-hanging fruit Derek Carr now Derek Carr finishes quarterback 13 last year so it's really not a stretch to push him up into that top uh, tier of quarterback one but I believe and I believe you think so too that Derek Carr has the ability to far exceed the quarterback 12 position he's a personal target of mine and this is one of the things I don't understand I listen every day to fantasy radio some of the guys on Sirius XM so many fantasy players underrate Derek Carr and they act like Devontae Adams went to a place where there's just no one who can get him the ball. I don't think that's true. And I don't believe you think that's true either. I don't. I mean, I, I've said before, my bold prediction is Derek Carr leads the NFL in passing yards. So I definitely don't believe it. I would be totally happy going in with him as my QB one on a team. So he has all I, the I weapons you need. He has, a top wide receiver. He has a slot receiver with great hands. We talk about Hunter Renfro. Seems like every other episode he has um, when Darren Waller can stay healthy, an, an elite tight end. The rushing game there, Josh Jacobs. Everything's falling in um, in order for Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr was like two touchdowns away from being a quarterback one last season. And as you know, Steve pointed out to us a little before the show, those two tight ends would have put him there anyway, and now he gets Devontae Adams, who is arguably one of the better um, tight end, uh, better wide receiver touchdown scores in the league. I just want you to touch a little bit on on Derek Carr. And and not to mention, he has the coach coming from New England, Josh McDaniels, who's an offensive uh, genius. Yes. So I think I think the running game for them may struggle a little bit. So I, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. And in that West, they're going to be playing 30-point games probably every game they play against the West. 
So for me, he passes passing yards are great. It's his touchdowns, as you said. And if he can get those up to close to the 40 range, he is definitely he could even be a top five quarterback this this coming year. Um, he's got the weapon in Devontae Adams, who's a red zone threat. I don't know if a ton of people have been talking about that, but I like him in the red zone. I think he can get open. I think Devontae Adams knows how to run routes. He's one of the best route runners in the NFL. So Derek Carr's got everything there for him this year. So I like him as a top eight quarterback at worst in fantasy this year. Absolutely. And I like stacking any of those guys, Devontae Adams. Yeah. I really love is it cheap stack, Cal Carr and Renfro. I mean, that, that's a basically yeah. a free stack that you're going to have a yeah. lot of weeks. And, hey, he's a chain mover. There, there's a lot going on, a lot of targets to be had there. And, and I'm not really too worried about a- anyone yep. on the Raiders. I, I think this team is going to feast this season. Um, I know you did have to touch on another quarterback who should have been top 12 possibly last season, and that's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, there, there are three quarterbacks from 13 to 24 that, that I think will finish top 12. Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. With Lamar Jackson, if he stays healthy for a full year, his rushing is, is going to get close to 1,000 yards. Him and Jalen Hurts are going to be 1-2 in that probably. Um, I think his his I think the passing game is going to be a little bit better than people think. I, I think with Bateman, with Andrews, out of the backfield with Dobbins and maybe a little bit of a Gus Edwards mixed in. Um, and that second wide receiver, if that second wide, if they can find a second wide receiver to go along with Bateman and Andrews, it could be an explosive offense. I think Lamar, he was MVP three years, two or three years ago. He knows how to uh, engineer a team down the field. I, I think it's just his running ability is going to put him in the top 12. I think he, he's going to be a top five quarterback for sure this year, staying healthy and he's in a contract here too. And that's always big for these these type of quarterbacks who want to get paid. He's going to be focused. He's going to be laser sharp. He's he's going to be running the ball. He, he's going he's just going to be the quarterback that on draft day and he slipped. He's in the 6th, 7th, 8th rounds right now. So if you get him as as your QB, your top QB on your team and you build around him, you could have a nice team and, and a team that's going to go far in, in your league. So I, like I love it. I, I see Lamar Jackson and kind of his slide in fantasy as kind of being a victim of his own success. Yes. He was so good, so fast. And then defense adjusted, but as every great player will, Lamar Jackson will adjust back. And I think, you know, people expect so much so soon that yeah. the disappointment weighs in. But like disappoint, a disappointing season for Lamar Jackson for me would be quarterback, what, six? Would that be yeah. disappointing for you? Yeah, Absolutely. So we got to see this all in perspective. And uh, last thing I wanted to touch on here, and this is not related to this episode, but um, you said if they can get another target, who is that target? Is it Devin Duvernay? Is it Proche? Is it uh, Tylon Williams? Someone else on that roster? It's got to be Duvernay, I think. He, I mean, he's going to start on the opposite side. He's going to be uh, with uh, cornerback twos. I think he could be surprised this year. Not in the top 40 range, but I think he could have one or two games that, that really surprise and he pops off. So him as a late round pick, maybe a last pick on your team, you could pan out eventually. So one of those last picks in a best ball, maybe like some yes. Devin Duvernay. I have him eighty-seven targets, fifty-seven receptions, five hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns, which is a mediocre season. But um, uh, if you plug him in on the week where he goes off, definitely going to see some some value there. One one injury away from being the guy. Absolutely. Now, 
Let's play negative devil's advocate here. And who's a top 12 quarterback from last year who will not be a quarterback one this season? Um, we actually, when we were doing this, uh, came up with the same name of the same guy. So I'm going to let you go first. It's Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he, he lost A.J. Brown. He lost uh, – he's got Austin Hooper in. Yeah. Um, he's got a guy coming back from a torn ACL, and he's got a rookie wide receiver who who I've heard, not heard any good reports on at all. So he's going to struggle to to throw touchdowns. He's going to struggle to get that ball down the field. If they're down late in the game, I don't know where he's going, who he's going to. If Robert Woods does not pan out this year, you're you're barren for any help in the wide receiving area. So I'm avoiding him, even as my backup quarterback in leagues, I'm avoiding him totally. I just think Tennessee is going to be a one-dimensional team this year, and it's going to be Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry ever got hurt this year, I think they're going to slip down to a four or five or even six-win team. So I don't like Tannehill this year. This is definitely his last year. Malik Willis has impressed in games, if anybody's watched him. Um, He's got the arm strength. He may replace Tannehill at some point this year around the bye week. So I don't like Tannehill at all. Yeah, I I completely agree there. Tannehill had kind of this strange career where he was awful when he first came into the league. Um, He was cut. He was left for dead. He was moving over Tennessee. Mariota kind of got hurt, had psychosis. You throw Tannehill in, he was a game manager. I think he's he could be an average game manager in the league, but I don't think he's going to be ever anything special. And when you look at the roster now, you think he can't possibly coach this roster up. This is a, an Aaron Rodgers roster. This is not a, a, a Ryan Tannehill roster. Um, to add to that, I've noticed his stats slipping in some very important areas. His touchdown percentage over the last three years, 7.7, 6.94%. That's trending the wrong direction. Yards per attempt. that's going down. Air yards per pass attempt, which to me, when I look at someone aging, kind of means a little more. Like how far is he going with the ball? 9.5, 8.4, 7.5. It's dropped over a yard every year. This is not sustainable for Ryan Tannehill. He would have to light it up and really impress me over the second half, uh, over over the first half actually, of the season for for this to work out. Robert Woods, a guy I love, constantly underrated, but he's you know one concussion away from from having having a very serious time, and yeah. there's just no one. You're you're gonna rely on Des Fitzpatrick. I mean, I don't even know what's going on here. Austin Hooper's gotten paid. I think he's gonna step up and be kind of a, a, a tight end of note this season. But Ryan Tannehill, this whole offense for Tennessee, they might win games, but it's gonna be on the defense. This this even talking Nick Westbrook, Akina Staten opposite Robert Woods this year which means Traylon Burks is not starting this year. So at the start of the season, that's a no-go for me. I mean, absolutely. I I think we've seen enough there from Nick Westbrook. Um, And the last quarterback we want to talk about that it was in top 12 last season that might fall out. Who's going to have some problems. I think he's a top 12 guy, but I think he is in real danger of being borderline. And that's Tom Brady. I mean, an amazing year last year, but he's dealing with injured, psychotic wide receivers the whole time. Um, It didn't get any better this year. We're not saying he's going to be bad, but there are some factors. Um, First of all, Gronk retired. Chris Godwin has an injury. Those were very reliable targets that he's going to be missing for a good part of this year. Um, We're going to have to rely on Julio Jones, Russell Gage, 
underwhelming Cam Cameron break, really an underwhelming tight end room. Um, in, in fact, and you know, the, this is a big factor for me. I know we've talked about this before on the show. The offensive line, yeah. interior O line injuries are not going to be good for Tom Brady. He is he is one Mike Evans hamstring injury away from having some New England Patriot esque wide receiving cause, which was <laughs> terrible. So he left camp for ten days, which is strange to to de- deal with some personal matters. Um, do, do you know what the the rumors were about those personal matters? By the way, the the mass singer I heard a lot of. <laughs> That's what yeah. I heard too. I, I don't watch the show, but that'd be awesome well, if it was. I would watch. Yeah. So to me, it's just a Leonard Fournette. If you if you draft Leonard Fournette, you're going to get some nice return on him because I think they're going to just lean on him a ton. Wide receiving court. that offensive line scares me a lot. I mean, it just scares me. He he. I know being here in New England, if you pressured him up the middle, he's going down. He's not. He's not even throwing the ball. He's not looking. And when you when you pressure him and get that in his mind, he's a different quarterback. So he, I think he's a, also a, 45 years old. I yes. mean, at 45, I wouldn't want to take the hits like that anyway. And he's, yep. he's not going to put up with it. You're right. He's just going to turn around, take a knee, throw the yep. ball to the ground. He he yep. does have that kind of, you know, he, he, he's not a gritty player. I think, I think we'll agree saying that. Right. And he's got a Fox sports contract waiting for him when he retires. So he's, he's pretty set for, for life basically. So um, not that he's not already. So I just don't like him this year. I'm not drafting him. I did early in the draft season and I've kind of backed off that. There's other guys you can go with in that range that that can give you more production. I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. Now let's move on and talk about tight ends. One of the elusive fantasy positions, because in the past, if you couldn't get one of the top few guys, you're kind of left out to dry. You know, you're hoping for three for 32, right? Like like, like that's the stat line of, uh, you know, tight ends that don't score. If you don't fall in the end zone, three for 32, you take your 6.2 points and you, you, you say thank you. But there's some guys this year that really could break in to the top 12 or even really that top five, top six echelon. And I'm going to start with my breakout candidate, Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. Fifth-year tight end, a lot to love there. He's been learning the system pretty well and getting better each year. 105 targets last season, 808 yards, eight touchdowns. That would be good even for a fledgling wide receiver, but he plays the tight end position. So I think that positional scarcity is going to be there, and I just think he's guaranteed to get a lot of good work. He was second in targets to CeeDee Lamb and tied with Amari Cooper, who left the team, Um, and I just don't think there's any other targets that are going to step up um, and and take the ball out of his hands. Dallas likes playing with the tight end position. It's kind of one of those Jerry Jones favorites, and I see no reason why Dalton Schultz can't be better than really any other tight end um, outside of, you know, the, the top three. I currently have him in uh, the tight end three, uh, like like my third uh, tier of tight end all yeah. by himself. After yeah. Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, Waller, I have Schultz on his own and then everyone else because I really think that that's where he should be. And the sky really is the limit. He could be a top four guy this season. Yeah. he. he when you look for tight end, you look for anybody that's going to get uh, number two targets on their team. And Dalton yeah. Schultz is, is a prime example of that. They're going to start the year with Jalen Toll, but I think on the on the other side because James Washington's hurt, um, Michael Gallup's hurt. He's not going to start the season. He may be back in week three, two or three, but he's not starting the season with with the Cowboys. So Dalton Schultz is, is going to get a lot of targets, and then even when Gallup comes back, 
Schultz has that middle of the field all to himself, basically. So Dak Prescott's going to look at him time and time again. So so I wouldn't doubt that 120 targets is in the offing for him. And and I think he's he's going to come up with another strong top five season. He could take he could pass Waller and Kittle and be tight end four, three or four. It's not in the realm of possibility. So I love Schultz this year. I have him with slightly under 120 targets, um, but 120 targets for me would put him at 900 yards and six to eight touchdowns. Yeah, That's going to get it done for you. Absolutely. That's going to get it done for you. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the Chicago Bears because that's an interesting situation. Cole Komet, when he was a rookie, had all this hype. Of course it didn't work out. Rookie tight ends never work out. But you're high on him this year, right? Yeah, it's the same thing as Schultz. He's going to be number two on the team in targets. Do you trust Vilas Jones? Do you trust Byron Pringle? <laughs> I don't think so. So if Komet scored two or three more touchdowns last year, he's a top seven tight end. He's going to get number two targets. Donnell Mooney's going to get fed the ball a ton. Komet's going to work the middle of that field um, for a, a young quarterback in Justin Fields. He may be the first outlet that he looks at in Cole Komet. So the only question is, is he going to score five to eight touchdowns? And if he does, he's a top five uh, tight end in my mind. Um, and you can get him really late in drafts. I've gotten him in the 12th round, even still. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's really insane value for a guy that could finish as a top seven at their position. Because after you take out the, the, the studs and Kelsey, Waller, uh, Pitts, Andrews, you know, and Schultz, I'm even putting Schultz in the stud tight end range. Um, he's a great guy to have. That means you've built your roster on quarter, a quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. And you've built a really strong foundation. And Komet, Komet can can get you 10, 15 points every week in a PPR. So I love him this year. I think he's going to be the Bears' number two target in the passing game. So, Yeah, I wouldn't look for Fields to to check down necessarily to a running back. And not that David Montgomery is is a liability, but it's certainly not an area that he uh, overachieves by any means. So Cole Komet is the dump down guy, and, and I like how that looks. And, you know, especially if you're in a full PPR where the yardage doesn't really quite matter as much, yeah. um, Cole Komet is going to be a, a guy to watch for me for sure. And, and when you look at tight ends, look at game script. The Bears are going to be throwing a lot, I think. So, you know, that could benefit him that much more. So, Absolutely. Now, this is kind of our breakout candidate. Um, again, we're still talking about tight ends, but maybe not someone who's going to break into that top 12. But maybe if you're in a two tight end league or guys who are watching for the future, there are some guys who really stick out, who really jump off the page to me. The first one I want to talk about is Mike Gesicki from the Miami Dolphins. He lined up as a blocking tight end less than anyone else in the league, less than some wide receivers and less than some fullbacks in the, in that manner last year. Um, this is his fifth season again. So tight ends who've, who've had some experience, who've learned the system a little better. It all looks up for me. Last year, he had a career low two touchdowns and finished tight end 11. If you add just three touchdowns, he's basically the same stats as Kyle Pitts from last season. Yeah. It doesn't take very much for Mike Kosicki to break into that top five. And again, he's going undervalued. He's going undrafted in some drafts. His uh, average draft position is in like the eight, nine, ten. And again, I have him right after Dalton Schultz for me. So yeah. 
I have a lot of faith in Mike Kosicki. This offense isn't going to be great for Miami, so maybe the hesitation would be that he doesn't find the end zone as much because he's not in the red zone very much. But Mike Kosicki as a player is going to be a fantastic NFL player, and I hope he can bring some fantasy value at some point. I look at Kosicki as the top five tight end in terms of athleticism. And I, I think with him lining up in the slot, Jalen Waddle's hurt, hasn't practiced in two weeks. I don't know what's going on with him. Nobody seems to know really exactly what's going on with him. So if Waddle is slowed at the start of the season, Kasicki could could be in for huge, huge monster target share early in the year. Tyreek Hill's out there. You know, they play the Patriots week one. Um, so I'm sure Belichick will come up with something to, to stop Tyreek from going deep. So I think if you look at Kasicki as the as the cheat code to break the Patriots defense. So I think if he, he's a top 11 tight end last year and he's not getting drafted, wow, there could be a wave of wire fodder that you pick up and he could pay dividends quickly for you. So I like him. I like him One a lot. Interesting down on him. So Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. And while I love the backfield here with Jay Edmonds, Sony Michelle. Miami hasn't really been known for throwing to the running back position. I would love to see one of those guys get 60 catches, but it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. They like to throw to their wide receivers. And Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and then you have nothing. Cedric Wilson, can you trust him? Lynn Bowden, can you trust him? Trent Sherfield, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time, but he's on the depth chart. So, you know, it just kind of makes sense. Someone's got to do it. With Tua being there, I think Tua is set for a big step up. I, he's, please, just please. He's one of the few guys that I really, really fell in love with in college watching him play. Another year off that gruesome hip injury. The yeah. sky's the limit for, for this offense. I mean, this looks like a really good offense on paper. And if yeah. Mike Kasigi can contribute, you got yourself a good team. He, they're the buff, they're the challenge for Buffalo, I think, the Dolphins this year, for sure, in that division. So Absolutely. And let's, now let's go to Minnesota because they have an interesting situation going up there too. So so I've been talking about David Njoku everywhere I could talk about him. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to lay off of him in this this case. I'm going to go Herb Smith Jr. I think Thielen, Adam Thielen the last year or two has not um, stayed healthy. It's been a picture of health. So I think if, if – he gets hurt and he's out for any period of time. I think Kirk Cousins is going to look at Irv Smith. And I think the Minnesota offensive philosophy now is a passing first philosophy with Kevin O'Connell yeah. there. Oh, yeah. If you take that into account, Irv Smith is probably the third or fourth option in that. So he's going undrafted in a lot of leagues as well. He's coming off an injury. He's uh, he's come back. He's been slow slow in camp. There hasn't been a lot of reports on him. But I think once the season starts, I think as a tight end two on your team, I think he's going to be outstanding. And he could could come up to be t- tight end one in a lot of weeks based on who they're playing. So I like Irv Smith. I think the year before he got hurt, I think he showed flashes of brilliance. So I think that's going to happen again. I, I think he's just going to take off in this offense. And he's going to be one of those guys – that nobody is talking about until about week four, week five, and then he's going to get a lot of pop. So I like him. Absolutely. Minnesota has been looking for a third receiver for a very long time. They have KJ Osborne, BC Johnson. None of that's really working out. So why not Irv Smith? There's as good a chance as anyone else. I do have about 100 targets going to running backs this year from Minnesota. But again, Adam Thielen, I mean, just watching him 
practice catching touchdowns in the end zone is just an amazing thing to watch. Yeah. And if he does miss any time, it's got to be someone. Justin Jefferson, a player I love, he's more the 30-yard touchdown guy. I don't yeah. know if he's going to emerge as a red zone target. He might, but Irv Smith Jr., if it's him, if every time every week he catches a touchdown, he's going to be in your he's going to uh, pay off and be a, a tight end one, I believe. Yeah, and you look at tendencies with Kirk Cousins, he he tends to go to the tight end a little bit more than the u- usual quarterback. So that's why I like Aaron Smith that much more because of his tendency. So absolutely, and the last tight end that can kind of break in this is a guy we've heard about and we've t- actually talked about tonight earlier, Austin Hooper from this Tennessee Titans. I, I kind of like this one as as a extra extra deep flyer i mean someone who's absolutely free in drafts right now um and i i think the the thought here is that with robert woods kind of still recovering from an acl and there's really no one else there that he's gonna have to absorb targets Tannehill's gonna look for someone to throw the ball to why not austin hooper he he's targeted tight ends before um again this is like a deep 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 scratch in you know dynasty or something like that Austin Hooper's been around the league for a while now he's gotten paid a couple places to play some football too so I I do like that um and I just was wondering what you thought I like him I think you can look at his Atlanta days I think that's what you're looking at here in terms of target share target um distribution I think he's going to be the one that Tannehill leans on the most in the passing game. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense because of the the hazy wide receiver situation. Um, if he could ever scratch the surface of what he did in that last year in Atlanta, he could be a huge find for you. So, and what do fantasy drafters usually do? They remember the last time he was on the field and he did nothing for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So if you take, you could get him in your last pick in drafts. And I think he could, he could pan out into something that, will help you as an owner and give you pause. Hey, this week, do I want to start Hooper? Yeah, I'll try him. And he, he could pay dividends. So I like him. Like, like it, like it a lot. So everyone out there watching, make sure you go to idsports.com. You can find my fantasy football cheat sheet. It is tiered and it is ready for draft season. Just keep in mind, um, you're going to want to pencil in your keepers, all your little, uh, you're going to want to pencil in your, your deep sleepers. This is based on projections. So a lot of, you know, the rookies who I don't project to score very much, you're going to need to do that and write in your own handcuffs, but it is good to go. That's what I use when I play in my own fantasy drafts. It is absolutely free to use idsports.com. Um, we made it. We went through an entire tight end show without saying Albert O even one time. I'm proud of us, Scott. <laughs> and the piggyback on the cheat sheet, I'm taking it to Las Vegas with my high stakes drafts and I'm going to use it. So um, absolutely. We trust our product here. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not only, you know, we joke around cause I make it, but Scott has every bit as much as, as, as me invested in this because he's the one I talk about football with more than anyone else. Yep. Yep. He's here on the show writing notes and, and, and putting good stuff in docs for us to bring to you. So, you know, I thank him for that. Uh, good luck during your draft season. Good luck thank during you. your draft season. And thank you, everyone here, for joining us at IED Sports. Bye-bye.